Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. On this episode... I got a chance to talk to Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson about the week one upset loss to the Washington football team. He gave us his status on his injury and if we will see him next week against the Rams. We talked about the advice he has given to rookies who have stepped up as well as diving into the mindset that he has adopted through the years for mental toughness. He mentions how different players deal with anxiety and depression in the league while also giving me an honest assessment on various standout players. Finally, we talk about his Texas roots, his family's conversion to now being Philly fans, and how long he looks to continue playing. This week, we've also added a new segment we're calling Jumping the Gun, where I talk week two picks with my associate producer, Brother Dan. Yes, I said it, Brother Dan. It's time to straight shoot with Gun on One. Again, everybody, welcome to this edition of Gun on One, the podcast. I'm Derek Gunn. Well, the first NFL Sunday is in the books, and what we thought was going to happen for the Philadelphia Eagles turned out to be a complete, and let me emphasize the word again, a complete disaster. The first quarter and a half looked pretty good, but that second half, oh my goodness. The Eagles went into that game already nicked up at uh, key positions, running back offensive line. And all of a sudden, in the second half, players started dropping like flies. One of the players that they really could have used who did not play in that game is three-time Pro Bowler, one-time first-team All-Pro, one of my favorites in the Eagles locker room, Lane Johnson. Lane, how you doing today? Welcome to Gun on One. Appreciate you having me. All right, so let's go to the beginning. So you go out there for pregame warm-ups, uh, you're going through all of the things you need to go through to possibly get ready for a game. Did you honestly think that you had a shot at playing that game Sunday against Washington? Uh, it was a long shot. Um, uh, in a perfect world, we were talking about getting back this week. So 
um, you know, attacking the rehab process, getting through that, and then, you know, wanting to play. You know, I want to be out there with my guys. So that's uh, that's in store this week. So how long ago did you have the ankle surgery, and, and what does the rehab it cons- consist of? I had a surgery about two weeks ago. Uh, a lot of it is, uh, re- you know, you got to reduce the swelling, likes to swell up in the recovery process, and a lot of it's just getting uh, strength and proprioception, your balance back in, um, so really that's it. So just getting strength back in, in it, uh, limiting the pain and, and should be ready to go. I think a lot of people don't understand that you played through much of last season with an ankle injury also similar to this, didn't you? Yeah. So I think last two years, this has all kind of been leading up to this. So it hadn't really been hundred percent. I since took the hit in Jacksonville and then the hit last uh, year against the giants, uh, so kind of been on, on one leg for for some time. So once I get the strength back, I, I'm, I'm ready to be a, a different player. So so why did you take so long to get this corrected then? Uh, I mean, it was something that I was, that I was working through. I uh, just continued to you know, have – I mean, I, I felt fine going into camp and then one of those things in the scrimmage where it got nicked up and then ha- had to be cleaned up. So, you know, a lot of it's scar tissue in there. Um from past injuries, but you know, it's, it's like uh, other guys go through the same process. Um, you got to break through that, rehab it up, get your strength back. And then once that happens, then you'll be ready to go. I've said it on record many a times and I'll say it in front of you right here. You are one of the toughest football players mentally and physically that I know. And if Lane Johnson can't get out on the football field, Lane Johnson has to be hurt, man. So, okay. So now, you know, you're not going to play this game on Sunday against Washington. And we find out that rookie Jack Driscoll is going to start a right tackle in your place. And Nate Herbick, who only has a few games under his belt is starting at right guard. And people are going into the game saying, Oh my goodness. Now, knowing you, like I, I know you, now, Jeff Stoutland is one of the best offensive line coaches in the game, but I know you're trying to coach up Jack Driscoll just a little bit before he takes on this task. What are you telling him? I'm telling both those guys to not think, you know, you get out there, you're trying to make everything perfect. You know, last thing you want to want to do on the football field is be out there thinking and overthinking things. So I said, man, don't think. I said, you know, our coach likes to say, um, rely on your training, sync to that process. You don't have to rise to the occasion. And and for the most part, man, I thought they played pretty well. I mean, there was some some stuff you'd like to have back, but for their first start, they, they stepped up to the plate. And, um, you know, as far as young guys progressing, these guys just keep climbing. So when we all find out who's playing on the right side of the offensive line, I'm texting somebody on the field. I said, what's going to happen? And they text me back, run left, throw quick, neither of which you guys did consistently. Um, what jumped out at you the most in terms of what started out well, but you got away from, and it just kept getting worse after that? Yeah, I thought we started off well. Uh, we had a good tempo, a sense of urgency. We, we had some some deep throws, and then really came out the second half, and I feel like the run game was stagnant. And I guess, you know, you see the last 11 drives, a lot of punts, uh, and, and stuff like that, and uh, really not converting on, on some of the downs that we needed to. And, you know, when you do that in this league, it's, you're, you're going to lose ball games. So it doesn't matter who you're playing. And, you know, it's really unacceptable from our, our, our point of view. And, you know, we're all in this together. And it's been a while since, since we started the season. I, I feel like 0-1, but, you know, it's a good punch in the face. And, um, you know, I think the urgency to get things corrected is, is, is very high. 
Once uh, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio figured out what you guys were trying to do, man, they unleashed the hounds. You got Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, that first-round pick Chase Young, Matt uh, Ioannidis, who uh, people know here well. He went to Temple. Man, they just kept bringing a house, and you guys uh, couldn't stop them. I mean, uh, obviously, there was a lot of confusion. You had no Miles Sanders. You know, the, uh, the whole Pro Bowl right side of your offensive line is gone. Man, there was confusion everywhere, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, I think when you go back and look at it, some of the, some of the sacks are, are timing issue. Maybe somebody's not over. First read didn't didn't open. You know, maybe a missed assignment. So there's there's a lot of misconception with sacks. As far as you know, guys playing out getting beat. There may be maybe been a couple, but a lot of it I think maybe just just MAs. You know, had to go back and watch the film. But you know. It, from our standpoint, we have a high standard uh, the offensive line. In order to win games, we have to play better, and and that goes for you know all the games coming forward too. Do you think Carson holds the ball a little bit too long? Because a lot of times, you know, they always tell you throw the ball away and live to th- to play another day. Yeah, but I, I think he's so good at, at extending plays. You know, part of what makes him so good is, is throwing on the run. You know, a lot of these plays that he's 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 made has made a name for is throwing on the run and getting out of the pocket when things don't happen. So. It's a double-edged sword when it comes to that. Um, but as far as Carson, man, he's he's going to be the guy that's going to be uh, taking us a long way this year. So, you know, all one's not where we want to be. But as far as having mental fortitude and toughness, we got it. Hey, man, if he keeps ducking the way he's ducking, he may not have finished out this season, man. Somebody better correct that real quick. Hey, man, it is what it is. I, I know going <laughs> in the week, um, you know, we got a lot of work to do, uh, especially me. Got to get back, um, you know, practicing. I need to be practicing with my team, um, getting healthy. And, man, I just want to be out there with my guys. So that's, that's my main goal. Can we guarantee 100% that Lane Johnson will be out there against the Rams on Sunday? I'm going to be out there, d Gun. I'm, I'm going to be out there. So count on it. Uh, we watch players drop like flies. And in a couple of times, uh, the television cameras were isolating on you. Uh, and you had that look on your face like, what the heck is going on around here? Is The momentum shifts. Players are dropping like flies. And what are you guys talking about on the sidelines? Not a, not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, whenever guys come off uh, the field, well, we usually talk about what happened in the previous series. We go over plays. And uh, maybe that look you were seeing in the sun was in my eyes. I got a pretty good sunburn on, on the sideline. So a lot, lot of this going on <laughs> yesterday. So at one point, Jack Driscoll goes down and Jordan Mailata, uh goes in for him. And you've worked with Jordan for a while. Uh, so are you trying to coach up Jordan as well to play on the right side? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Um, you know, I, I tell him, go in there and don't think. You know, a lot of times if a player is, is coming in, he's new. You have so many guys in their ear trying to tell them this and that, and you're trying to listen to everybody. And it turns out you got a jumbled mind, man. So go out there and play free, play like you do in practice. And for the most part, I thought Jordan did pretty well. I mean, he's a, such a big guy, and the, the more he plays, the better he's going to get. So, yeah, man, yesterday was, you know, throwing rocks at a hornet's nest, stuff going everywhere, you know, people going down, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going around. So um, next guy up, that's how it's always been. That's how this league is has always been. I'm sitting there going, why doesn't Carson get rid of the ball quicker? Dink and dunk your way down the field. I'm watching the Rams play the Cowboys on Sunday night, and that's exactly what Jared Goff is doing, man. They're dinking and dunking down the field. You guys have the weapons to run that kind of offense. Yeah, uh, I think moving forward, um, 
it ultimately you, you have to change your game plan. You look at things that do work and, and, and doesn't work. Uh, I think with us, if we can establish a run game, yeah, then we're going to win the game. So, and obviously that that starts up front, and we got to get things things changed. And uh, you know, I just, I just want to be a part of it. I want to be back out there with my team and, and playing with them. So, you know. So what does the Doug it. Peterson? Yeah. So what does the Doug Peterson say to you guys after a game like that? You know, it's not where we want to be. It's what wasn't the result that we that we wanted. But in this league, things move so fast. Uh, I mean, there, there is no time for pity. I mean, yeah, is, is it does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. Everybody knows that. But moving forward, how are you going to attack today? Uh, how are you going to compete? And, and how are we going to win this next football game? So that's all that matters. We're trying to make all the wrongs right. And, uh, and, and that's our focus. You know, we in the media and, and fan base, we glorify uh, quarterback sacks. But in some cases, it's not fair to offensive linemen. You say one guy got a sack against this guy, but yet we we overlook the fact that that, that offensive lineman uh, kept this particular guy off a of quarterback most of the game. Uh, how much does that frustrate you that yeah. a lot of times, you know what I'm saying, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. a lot of times we yeah. get more credit to the D lineman than we do the offensive yeah, lineman? Yeah, it, it does piss me off. You go look and see Kerrigan's two sacks. I think uh, I know one of them he wasn't even touched. The other one I doubt he was touched. So when he has two sacks, and that's all people see on stat sheets when they're voting for accolades. I mean, he, he's a hell of a player. You go look at some of these other sacks, this and that. It's it's not all the O-line getting beat. But like you said, I mean, this, this isn't the blame game, but when, when you ask the question about sacks, are they misleading? Yeah, they're very misleading, unless you go watch the tape. Are you the best right tackles in the game today? When I'm healthy, yes. When, when, I, when I'm sitting on the sidelines, no, I'm nothing. So I, I got to go play. That's all That's on my mind. So when you are considered one of the upper echelon at what you do. Take me inside the mind of a right tackle in the NFL. What do you do? What have you done to consistently separate yourself from, from the average right tackles in the game? Man, it's really mental torture when it comes to guys on our team that, that are, that are you know, guys that are really good in this league, always something they take a little bit different. Kelsey, Peters, Brooks. I mean, we go through a living hell because when, when you get to a point in your career where you, you have established yourself, you're expected to not ever get beat, not ever make a mistake. You got to live on a razor's edge. So you really have to draw out all negativity. There's so much negativity online with people. They're going to tell you what to do, what, what you are, what you're not. And so the main thing is is staying in the moment. Uh, I think when I, you know you go back and watch Jordan talk about that, you know, Kobe Bryant talk about being mi- mindful in the moment, not caring about what people say and not really throwing off your focus. So moving forward, uh, my thing is, is play one snap at a time, uh, getting healthy and fighting through whatever I got to fight through. And, and really, man, just be there for my teammates. Uh, I found out, you know, when you're injured and you're on the sidelines, it's, it's not a good feeling. Uh, I want to be out there with my guys battling. Uh, that's what I love doing, playing, playing with the guys next to me and up front. And, that, and that's where I'm most happy. So get healthy and, and, and go give them hell. What is the key to gaining psychological advantage over your opponent? Because there are times when you can see, when you talk about certain matchups, Lane Johnson against this guy, Lane Johnson against that guy. And I, when I've talked to offensive linemen in the past, they say, you you know at certain points of a game when you get inside of their head and you mentally have worn them down. What's your, what's your uh, technique in terms of trying to mentally as well as physically wear an opponent down? I'm trying to say a whole lot. I mean, I usually don't ever talk any trash unless somebody mouths off to me. But 
you know, usually it's been pretty cordial. Uh, really, it's about play after play. I think what a defensive end hates seeing is a guy that doesn't show any emotion, good or bad, if he gets beat or if he get you know, nothing throws him off. And the guy that just keeps coming with, with a relentless energy, that's what I find probably probably to be the most demeaning as far as, um, you know, guys that I've talked to, players that I mm-hmm. look up to. They 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 kind of say you got to be the villain in the in the in the horror movie. You got to be the Mike Myers, the guy that's always always coming. Is he dead? We don't know. He he may be lurking in the shadows. So. <laughs> that's that's kind of the offensive lineman mentality. All right, how do you separate the two mentalities of Lane Johnson, upper echelon Pro Bowl right tackle, and Lane Johnson off the field? Uh, family man and friend. How do you separate the two? Because in some players' cases I've talked to, it's difficult. I can't. I can't. Until I'm retired, until you're out of this microscope, you can't. I feel like you're always on. There's never an off switch because you're always getting evaluated. You're always getting compared to what you were, what you're going to be. Are you regressing? Are you progressing? Are you staying stagnant? With all eyes on me all the time, it it drives me nuts. So every literally every day I'm, you know, working and that's how guys are on the team guys that are good um you know the jason peters the kelsey's the brooks the Ert, you know all, all these guys the slays the cox all these guys they just work uh relentlessly um it really i mean that goes around all sports you see guys that that are good or um you know the guys just have an obsession with it so when you're playing you know i think a, a lot of guys want to say they want to maximize their potential and maximize their time in the league and so when they look back they don't really have any regrets so you know, looking probably the, the back half of my career, I, I want to, you know, go full tilt. I, I'm going to get to the to, to the back end of your career in just a moment, but getting back to what you're saying in terms of I can't separate the two, in some ways isn't, isn't that dangerous because we've seen a lot of players in a lot of sports who can't separate the average guy from the uh, professional athlete, and it has cost them in a lot of ways off their playing fields. Yeah, I think I'll be fine once I'm done playing. It's just it's it's totally different when you're in the mix. Um, I mean, out, outside of football in the off season, uh, I'm normal. But but during the season, it's it's really kill or be killed every day. You're getting evaluated at practice. There is no time to relax. There's no time to catch your breath. And so, you know, I'm gonna fight that fight, you know, the best I can. And that's with energy and that's with passion. So, and whatever happens, happens. Man, you have been blessed to make a lot of money in the National Football League, and we saw last week that uh, that you restructured your deal so that uh, Jason Peters could could get more money to move back to the left side. Why did you decide to do that? Because you didn't have to do it. I've done it, I think, the past few years. It's it's really easy for me. It's advantageous to the team, and it and it doesn't really hurt me a whole lot. So it's a win win for both for both parties. So I, I see nothing wrong with that. And I think you've seen players around the league do it to, to help yep. the team out. You know, I, I look at your career, man, and what a career. You go from this quarterback tight end at a junior college to a tight end in your first few years at Oklahoma. All of a sudden, in one year, you become this high-caliber tackle. Did, do, do you ever let yourself think – Man, look how far I came. Did you ever imagine you would be what you are today, not just as a player, but financially as well? I never thought I'd be playing offensive tackle. I never dreamed of this. Um, I've always been a skilled player. That's you know, I grew up playing basketball. I grew up running track, playing baseball. I never thought I would be playing offensive tackle, but 
yeah, the 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 ride has been wild. Uh, I know I had a lot of doubts in college where I was what I was going to be if I was ever going to make it to the league. It's one of my goals. But once I had the opportunity to to play tackle and, and go to the offensive line, it's man, it's been it's been a wild ride. I mean, it's been been a lot of ups and downs. Been a lot of questions about me if I can play or are you just uh, a drug addict? Or, you know what are you? So um, you know, whenever I've had my back pressed against the wall and I've had it you know multiple times. I've always come out on top. I've always proved people wrong. Um, and, I've, and I've only kept climbing as far as my play and elevating what I can do on the field. I, I just keep climbing and, and I look at guys, you know, vets uh, that have done it before me. I, I look at the older guys. I studied them, guys that have went through some struggles, adversity, and those are the guys that I, I like to be around. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a blessing. You know, uh, as good as you have been, a couple of times you've had to go through suspensions uh, because of uh, PEDs, things like that. And you, are first and foremost, I give you a lot of credit because you came to us and said, hey, look, you know, it happened, but I'm moving on. I've learned from it. But does it bother you that some people out there still won't let it go? You know, hey, Lane Johnson is this or Lane Johnson is that because um, is, is he still doing this? Is he still doing that? No, that's fine. I think I've answered a lot of questions because my play has always been consistent. You know, if it's if it's for a uh, a drug test, then 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 how am I doing after my drug test? All my accolades have came after two positive tests. Everything yeah. everything that I've achieved has came after two positive tests. Where I'm in the program, I'm getting tested more than anybody in the league, uh, rightfully so. And what have I done? I go I go up against the best pass rushers week in and week out. With lit with limited really help. I'm really one on one a lot, a lot like yeah. Jason Peters. And so whenever questions need to be answered, you can say drugs all you want. There's been lots of guys take drugs their whole career and, and not be able to do things that, you know, some, some of these tacklers can do. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, it motivates me uh, moving forward. Um, you know, I'm humbled. Um, and really, that, that's it. And so that's all I can do. I know at one point you had a lawsuit against the league. For, I believe it was for the second suspension. Is that lawsuit still pending? Uh, yeah, I think we actually closed on that. So. Um, we could take it a step further, but we're kind of reevaluating that now. I mean, it's really kind of a, a lost cause, but um, yeah, all that's kind of taken place a few years ago. It's, it's a long process. You set things in motion in, in the court system. You find out it, it plays out a lot longer than, <laughs> than you may like. I was about to ask you, did you win or lose? But it sounds like you lost. Yeah. So, hey, we fought, we fought the good fight and, uh, you know, hey, we, we came out 0-1. Do you go? <laughs> hey, how much has Jason Peters meant to your career? You've been on record saying this time and time again, what he has meant to you and, and what you would do basically anything for this man because of what he has done for you. Yeah, I just, uh, I like the player that he is. And more importantly, I like the person that he is. You know, he's a small town guy from, from Queen City, Texas. I think that's what um, rings true most, you know, no matter what he's accomplished, he, uh, he's still that guy from, from Queen City, Texas. I mean, and as uh, far as games, man, guys that I admire, I like watching JP. I like watching Trent Williams. Those are really two guys I like to style my play after. guy that's athletic, a guy that has quickness, uh, balance of body control, and and try to play up to, you know, whatever their, their standards are, whatever they created. So, um, you know, especially JP, man, it's been fun to uh, be around him all these years. I know um... – JP has also stood in your way of playing left tackle in the NFL. Do you think you will ever get to play left tackle full-time in the National Football League? Hey, I'm staying right, right side pride, baby. 
We ain't, we ain't going nowhere. Yeah, if, if it's broke, D-Gun, don't fix it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think in, in a different scenario, if, if I went to a system where there was no Hall of Famer, I could have been maybe better than what I was at right tackle or left because I was a better left tackle than I was in college. Uh, the times that I've been that I've played uh, in the league was been I'm playing right tackle and then somebody gets hurt and I'm thrown over there with maybe limited reps or not a whole offseason to yeah. acclimate to it. So, um, yeah, D-Gun, but we ain't going nowhere. It's right side. Mm. You and I had a great conversation last week about uh, how long you want to play this game. Um, and we've seen in recent years more young players uh, calling it a career early on in their careers. Um, and I'll ask you, how much longer do you want to play this game? I mean, relatively in, in normal age, uh, you're still a young man. But in football age, you're getting up there. Yeah, I uh, probably – Probably want to finish this contract, so I got four years. So put me at what thirty three, thirty four. Yeah, I'll be done, and then uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do next. That's that's a big question for me. So there's 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 a few avenues I could take. You don't see yourself trying to play beyond that. If you still feel good at thirty three, thirty four, is the quality of life much more important to you? Yeah, I, I think your pride's gonna get in the way. Okay, you can get your accolades, you can get all that, but I, but I tell you what, D-Gun, whenever the all season happens, whenever yep. you know it's all dead, nobody cares. Nobody cares, yep. and it's just like a lot of these Hall of Famers now. Kids don't even know. So all that stuff you have saying in your head is it's all in your head. So. It's uh, the thing about the sport. It's beautiful to spend the time w w with your friends and the people that you're playing with and the guys that you go in day in and day out. That's what that's what matters the most to me, the relationships. And, you know, as far as this football thing, I love it. I spent my whole life doing it. And, uh, you know, when it's that time, it's that time. Each and every year, does it get a little more difficult physically and mentally to get up to where you need to be uh, to, to com compete and, and combat opponents uh, every year? Uh, it's more mentally taxing just because the standards are there. And, uh, you know, once you um, play a certain style or play it to a certain caliber, okay, that's your bar. And, and if that's not met, then, okay, you're not the same player. So a lot, lot of mental torture, a lot, lot, lot of mental games when you, when you mm -hmm. get to this part in your career. So, um, but, hell, I'm 30, man. I'm feeling good besides this ankle. Once this gets mm -hmm. held up, I'm, you know, I've been fine. So. I love competing. I love being around my friends and, and my teammates, and, and that's really what I look for most of each day, going to, the, going to war with these guys. The most reason why I asked you that is because we look at one of your line mates, Jason Kelsey, the last couple of years. He has openly admitted that he has contemplated retiring. Do you talk to him much about that to get a better feel for where you are mentally and physically? I talk to him all the time, yeah. I yeah. mean, and I told him, I said, I'll probably be probably similar to you. You get to that point, okay, you've established – Maybe a little, you know, notoriety, whatever you want there. You got your money. What, what else you want? Because I, when all the lights are off and the cameras stop rolling, it's you and your body. And, and all that pride that may have pushed you forward may become detrimental to you later on. So you got to play it smart um, and reevaluate yourself every year. Yeah, because when when you look at uh, a lot of ex-players talk about what they're going through physically and mentally now, I mean, it's scary, man. And and a lot of players are saying, I wish I called it a career a lot sooner than I did. Yep. It's because of that pride. Pride pushes you forward. I feel like a lot of guys, man, have anxiety, depression. You know, I don't know. There's a lot of things contributed to that, you know, health-wise. That goes to the doctors, whatever they want to say, the, you know, the concussions, this, that, and and maybe a lot of guys have devoted their whole life to this and maybe not 
had anything else to fall back on. So that's another one too. So, you know, talking to, to older guys, it's, it's different whenever the game stopped. And I think it's, you know, it takes a little bit of time to kind of find out the other calling unless they haven't, you know, unless, unless they've done some of that thinking during, during their career, yeah. which is what I'm trying to do a little bit, mm-hmm. I guess. Have you ever gone through bouts of anxiety or depression? I've had anxiety a lot. I mean, at, at this, at, you know, when you're playing NFL football, I feel like to a degree, every player has anxiety. Anxiety is what, what makes you go. It gives you the energy. Um, when, when it becomes over the top, when it becomes detrimental to you, where it's harming your health, that's not a good thing. But anxiety is, it's like a fire, man. A, a fire can, mm-hmm. can save a human's life, can, can, can cook your food. But hey, when that fire gets out mm-hmm. of control, it's, it's not good. So that, that's, that's the best way I can put it. So what's what's your best mental outlet in terms of controlling that anxiety to clear your mind, to not think about your profession, to get away from it all? Man, uh, a lot of times a lot of guys will do breath work. Um, I've, I've seen guys in the military do stuff called box breathing, just stuff to kind of calm the nervous system down. So I'll try to do that before games. And really, man, not not think. I think that's the biggest thing is that we overthink. Yeah. Is that you get into a game, you want to make every play perfect. You don't ever want to get embarrassed. You don't want to get put on Twitter or Facebook, whatever. You know, you think about all this stuff. And when it comes down to it, you're not being in the moment and you're not executing the play to your best ability. So a lot of it is is practicing. Mm. Um, practicing, I guess, mindfulness, which is hard to do when you're living in a Twitter world, you're living in Instagram you know, scroll through your phone world where you have a video that may catch your attention for five seconds and you do that a lot. So it's really about training your mind and getting, um, really training your mind. So, yeah, uh, I've learned I would that imagine, from, from a lot of vets and, and yeah. guys in different, different leagues. I, I would imagine also one of your biggest outlets has to be, you like to fish and hunt and, and, and get away in that regard. Right. Is that your escape? Yeah. I, I love to fish probably more than hunting. I, I love to fish. Just because you're outdoors, you're on the water, and, uh, man, you get a whole lot of clarity out there, I feel. Now, you had a chance to fish with a guy named Mike Iconelli, who us fishermen know because we watch him on TV uh, all the time on the Outdoor Channel, and I saw you posting on social media how excited you were. I'm a big Mike Iconelli fan. What was that like for you to get out there in the water? He's one of the best bass fishermen on the circuit. Hey, I loved it. I, I wish I was out there right now. I know, me too. And, uh, <laughs> he's a guy that's so passionate. He's he's kind of like the Steve Irwin of bass fishing. I mean, every time I, every time I caught a fish, it was like the damn yeah. first fish he's ever seen. Crazy. I, I, I love it. I love being out there on the water fishing. Just, you know, and just ha- having him, man, he's a blast to be around. And, you know, and if you don't catch fish, you can make up some good fishing stories and eat some good food after. So it's all good. But, but the good thing about it is when you're with that guy, you're going to catch some fish. Now, every time you watch him, every time he catches a bass, man, he's kissing the bass before he flips it back in the water. Yeah. Did he make you kiss the bass? I kissed the bass. I, and he, hey, I think he may have kissed every one. That's nasty. That's hey. nasty, man. Come on. Especially coming out that Delaware, man. Hey. <laughs> you know, those flip fish glow in the dark in the Delaware, man. <laughs> yeah. Some of, them, some of them I've seen walking out on the banks and walk back in. They got legs on them. <laughs> hey, man, get back to football for a moment. I want to mention some names to you. And I want you, and I, and these are guys you've gone up against at times. And I want you to give me your honest assessment. I want you to give me your professional assessment of these guys. All right, first guy up, Von Miller, freak athlete, um, freak bend. Uh, he's really a complete package when it comes to being able to stop the run, uh, 
his his uh his energy on each play and uh what he can do. So really kind of unparalleled. Khalil Mack. He's right up there. He still has some years to go where he gets to that Von Miller kind of category, I would say. But same tool, same type of same type of player, game record, game changer. All right, this name kind of sends chills up uh, Eagles fans' spines. Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, he's really just a relentless guy. He's a guy um, with a unique energy every every play. And, you know, maybe whatever he's regressed in as he's gotten older, he's made up yep. with savviness. And so he's a guy that's going to get his sacks. He's a guy that's going to change the game if you don't stop him. All right, I saved this guy for last on purpose, Demarcus Lawrence. He, he's a battle for me, man. He got the he got the better of me last year with that sack. Uh, but he's a guy that I felt like when I look at his career, he's he's kind of a guy similar to me that's always kind of steadily just keeps climbing, kind of low on the radar his first few years. But really, when I turn on the tape, you know he's he's gotten bigger from where he was early in his career. I don't know if he's around two fifty, two fifty five to where he is now around two seventy. A guy who's uh, very good in the run game, and and you know what he can do in the pass game with his cross chop. And as far as his motor and his demeanor, that's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed change in his career is, is how much more violent he, he's become. Do you hate Demarcus Lawrence as much as we hate Demarcus Lawrence? Hey, I don't hate him. I, I respect him, but I hate him on Sundays. I hate him on Sundays. <laughs> I hate him on game days. All right. Now, uh, you know, we've talked enough football. Before I let you go, I want to talk to you about something other. Your second career now, which is because, which is you've become a so-called media person, so to speak. Uh, on your IG account, you have a show called Outside the Lane. Tell me how that all came about. How did that start? Well, we uh, this pandemic came on D-Gun, and there wasn't a whole lot to yeah. do. You know, you had the, food, the few shows on Netflix. Uh, I maxed out the Tiger King. May have watched a few episodes of Yellowstone and a marketing guy, uh, Brian, he hit me up and said, Hey man, you, would you mind doing a, an IG live show? And I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to have time for this. And man, after the first episode, I was like, this is uh pretty cool. I got to start off with little Dickie and then, uh, just progress to different guys maybe that I've always wanted to talk to or have a conversation with. So it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's, it's been a whole new world for me, but, uh, yeah, it's something that you know I'm steadily gonna have to get better at, but it's been uh, it's been fun talking to these guys and getting inside so, these guys' minds. So who who does your prep work for you in terms of coming up qu with questions and stuff like that? Uh, Brian Bracky, who runs B two Enterprises Marketing, he's he's the yeah. mastermind behind everything I do. So um, he comes up with a good game plan, and uh, it's really progressed, man. It's it's been it's been a lot of fun. I, I enjoy doing it. I, I do. I really do enjoy doing it. So what's so what's it like being on the other side of the microphone, being the interviewer instead of the interviewee? I feel like it has to be a lot of give and take uh, as far as the conversation. Yep. I don't want to be overly dominant, and I don't want him to, you know, you want the you want the viewer to be engaging. So if you can't get those answers early, you may have to, uh, you know, dig your way into it. So I think it's really a flow thing, how you feel, and you can kind of tell early on, um, you know, what it's going to be and what you may have to adapt to. Ah, so you have a lot more respect for what D-Gun has to go through now, don't you? Yeah, hey, when you're on a hot mic and you're, and you're live and you, and you got to make, uh, <laughs> you know, sound professional and educated and, and, and keep fans engaged, it's, uh, it's a lot harder than what it seems. I, I know uh, a lot of athletes, and I understand why, 
a lot of athletes don't trust media people. And, and I get it, why They always think that the media is trying to dig up stories on them. The media is always misquoting them, so on and so forth. Um, but I want you to give me your honest assessment of you as an interviewer. I could be a lot more uh, planned. I mean, I have all these notes, but really I, I look at it, but I just uh, I try to go with the flow. So my biggest knocks is my, my setup is terrible. My IG, you know, I need to have a good background. I need to have maybe some jerseys hanging or something. So the, the background was absolutely terrible. Uh, there's been times where, I, where I've, uh, you know, I've sounded a little bit too country. My accent's been real bad. I've noticed that. Some ums and ahs. <laughs> some of that I'd like to have back and maybe I'd like to get better with my vocabulary, Deacon. Yeah, but you know what, though? That, that country accent could play to your advantage, though. It could, but uh, I think I would like to sound maybe more educated than what I may, may be. Uh, I would like to put on a good presentation that I'm smarter than what I am. Yeah. Hey, I know you come from Texas. Uh, have you converted your entire family to Eagles fans yet? I know a couple of years ago, I won't repeat it exactly, but you told your grandmother, your grandmother, to go sit down somewhere because she was a, a Cowboys fan. Yeah, my grandmother, rest in peace. Uh, she, uh, <laughs> yeah, she was watching, I think, the Packers-Dallas game, and she was, <laughs> she kept rooting for it. Every time Dallas would make a play, she would start rooting. <laughs> and uh, I said what I said, and... Uh, to be honest, say I don't take any of it back. So they're, they're all everybody is fully converted. Man, you are wild, man. Hey, Lane Johnson, uh, I can't thank you enough, man. One of my favorite guys in all the locker room, a man of his word, always upfront and honest, never pulls a punch. Uh, I appreciate you coming on Gun on One today, and everybody out there, don't forget not only. Watch Lane each and every Sunday battle for the Philadelphia Eagles. But check out his IG account, Outside the Lane. Uh, it is informative, it's entertaining, and it's humorous as well. I appreciate you, my brother, coming on Gun on One. Hey, appreciate you having me. Always. So that was three-time Pro Bowl and one-time first-team All-Pro Lane Johnson uh, joining us on Gun on One. Now we're going to transition into a new segment we're going to try each and every week. Uh, we're going to call this segment Jumping the Gun. This was at the suggestion of my Gun on One producers, Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton. And what we're going to do is we're going to look ahead to uh, games coming up the next week in the NFL. And we're going to pick uh, who we think are going to win the game. But I'm not, I'm not going to do it just myself. Um, I'm bringing in somebody I've known since they were old, peeing in their diapers. He's 23 years old now. Uh, we refer to him as Brother Dan. He is associate producer here on Gun on One. Uh, and I'm told that he is still in the witness protection program, so his whereabouts are unknown. But we welcome in Brother Dan. Brother Dan, are you out there somewhere? I'm here, Deacon. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. I've known you a long time. My wife and I have known you since you were a little tyke. We consider you family. But now uh, you might be stepping out of your boundaries. You think you can pick football games as well as I can. You might, in fact, you might think you're better at me, better than me at this. Is that correct? Oh, we'll see about that. 
Well, I just want you to know on record that if you do uh, embarrass me this season, that you are fired after the uh, inaugural season of uh, Gun on One. You I just want you to know that. Again, you know, I, ain't, I, I'm, I got love for you, but this, you know, friends are friends, but business is business. Oh, it's all good. I understand. All right, let's get right into it. What's, what's the first game you want to talk about? So first game we got coming up this Thursday is the Bengals at the Browns. The Browns are currently sitting at a, a six-point favorite in Cleveland. Okay, Browns uh, six-point favorite. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, let's see. Last Sunday, uh, Joe Burrow, rookie, did what a rookie was supposed to do. Um, made some mistakes. Didn't have any time, really, to get ready for the real NFL season. No mini camps, no OTAs, no preseason games. And now they're playing the in-state rivals. Um I'm going to take the Browns six and a half. They have the more established team, uh, more established quarterback in Baker Mayfield. They're loaded with talent on both sides of the football. They should win this game easily. Yeah, I don't think you can expect any more from Joe Burrow than what he did yesterday. 190 yards, almost leading them to a to a game-winning uh, drive. Um, but of course, with the offense pass interference called on AJ uh, AJ Green yeah. and the missed field goal, we had they ended up with the loss against the Chargers. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think the Browns are the safer pick. So I, I agree. I'm going to go with the Browns on this one, too. Okay. Um, next, we got our, our own Philadelphia Eagles coming off of the loss to the to the Washington football team, as they're called now. Um, we'll, they'll be hosting the Rams. Uh, they are currently the two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, the Philadelphia Eagles are. Um, how do you feel about that? Wait a minute. The Eagles are favored by two-and-a-half at home? The Eagles are getting two-and-a-half. They lost to a JV football team, got embarrassed, let this JV football team run off 27 unanswered points, and the Eagles are going home for their home opener and facing Aaron Donald and the Rams after what the Rams did to Dallas. Woo, I don't know. I don't know. I, right now, if, if I'm Aaron Donald, I'm saying, hey, hey, did you see what did you see what Washington's front just did to the Eagles offensive line? Now we're assuming Lane Johnson who told us on this podcast that he's coming back. I don't know if it's going to be enough, but that man, Aaron Donald, that's a bad man across the uh, across the trenches. I, I don't know. I'm favoring, I'm favoring the Rams in this one. I'm definitely leaning with the Rams on this one too, which probably means the Eagles will end up winning because that's just how they work. Um, but I, I, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say the Rams as well. Okay, next game. Next game, we got the Giants and the Bears, and we haven't seen the Giants yet this year. Uh, they're playing tonight. This podcast is being recorded on a Monday, so... Yep. They'll be playing tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so we have the Giants at the Bears. The Bears coming off of their uh, comeback win in Detroit. And Trubisky showing out, uh, pulling them from down, I believe, 17 in uh, the fourth quarter. Uh, the Bears are sitting at five-and-a-half-point favorites in Chicago. How do you feel? Well, first of all, the Bears got lucky and won that game in Detroit. If DeAndre Swift doesn't drop that pass, Bears don't win that game. So the Bears are going home. Um Wow. Uh, Bear Trubisky, I'm not a big Trubisky fan. Um, you know what? I think Nick Foles is going to be quarterback in that team before it's all said and done. Uh, but because the Bears are at home, and I don't know what the Giants are, you know, new head coach and Joe Judge, uh, Daniel Jones' second year, but he's getting used to a new offense. Uh, Jason Garrett's the offensive coordinator. I- I'm going to lean towards the Bears in this one. Uh, I, I think uh, I'm probably leaning towards the Bears, but for the sake of uh, making it interesting, I'm going to go – with the Giants, I think uh, I think Saquon is coming off of that, that injury play season last year. Um, he killed me in, in fantasy last year, so, okay. so we're, we're hoping to see something better uh, from him this year. So I think he can he can carry them. Plus, they have uh, 
a more uh, more of an emphasis on their defense this year. Uh, so hopefully the Giants can pull one out for me this this coming this coming week. Look, brother Daniel trying to show me up. Okay, let's go to the next game. Uh, next game we got the Falcons at the Cowboys. The Falcons coming off of their uh, home loss to the Seattle Seahawks, and the Cowboys are, are going to be coming off of their Los Angeles Rams loss uh, in LA. But they are going to be op- opening at home this coming Sunday. I think the Cowboys got jobbed on that pass interference call on Michael Gallup. I mean, come on, man. You got two guys fighting for the ball downfield. They let a lot of stuff go uh, that's more obvious than what would happen to Dallas. Now, Dallas is going to come home. They're ticked off. Falcons, I, I, you know, I, I, I know Matty Ice can, can win a big game. I know he has Julio Jones. But Dallas at home is stinging right now. I'm leaning, leaning towards the Cowboys right now. I'm also leaning toward the Cowboys. The Cowboys are getting six points. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the six points on this. Um I think uh, Atlanta is just hard for me to trust in right now. Uh, I'm not I'm not necessarily sure what, what Dan Quinn uh, has been doing um, uh, since the Super Bowl. So I'm also going to go with the Cowboys on this one. All right. We're, we're in agreement here. All right. Who's on, the, who's on the slate next? So next we have the Detroit Lions visiting the Packers. The Lions are second to back-to-back uh, in-division rivals. Um, so we're going to get the Lions, uh, who just lost to the Bears, uh, visiting the Packers, who are getting six points. You know who I'm picking. You don't need to ask me. I'm from the great state of Wisconsin. I bled green and gold most of my life, all my life, man. Uh, you see what A-Rod did to Minnesota's defense on the road? You you imagine what he's going to do to Detroit's defense at Lambeau Field? Yes, I'm taking the Packers in a six-point. I'm with you on that one. Aaron Rodgers is angry. They, they just, instead of giving him some help, they drafted his, his, uh, his, his future. future replacement. Yeah, his future replacement. I'm going with the Packers on this one. All right. Uh, so next we have the Jaguars, who just upset the Colts uh, yesterday at the Titans. Who, and the Titans are getting nine and a half points. We haven't seen the Titans play yet. Uh, so uh, we, we don't really know what we're going to see from them. I don't need to see the Titans play. I know what their defense is like. How in the world did the Jaguars beat the Colts? I have no idea. But you're saying the Jaguars are, are now going into Tennessee for this game? They're going into Tennessee. They ain't got a prayer. And I'm so bold, I'm going to say that nine and a half or nine points? Nine and a half. I'm taking a nine, Tennessee and a nine and a half. Lock it. Lock it in. Lock it in. So I, I'm going to take the Titans. I don't know if I, if I trust their offense enough to lock in 10 points, but uh, I, I'm also agreeing with, with you. I'm, I'm taking the Titans on this one. Derrick Henry is too much to handle. Um, we'll see how good Ryan Tannehill is coming off of that big contract extension. Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll know more about that uh, after, after tonight. But uh, I agree. I, I think the Titans are going to take this one. Okay. Um, we have the Minnesota Vikings uh, going to Indianapolis. The Colts are surprisingly getting three points on this after uh, after the Jaguars uh, just took them out yesterday. So I, I think uh, I think the, we might we may see the line move a little bit there. But Ooh. but uh, the Colts are getting three points at home against the Vikings. So let's see. The Colts and the Vikings were both favored in their season opening games. Yes. And they both lost. Yes. So now the Colts have this one at home. Yes. I think the Vikings have too much talent. Uh, I think they're going to go in. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, You know, Phillip Rivers, Kirk Cousins. um, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm going to take the road team in this one. Uh, I agree. I I think the uh, I think the Vikings are going to take this one. I trust their defense. Uh, The Colts do have a much, uh, much improved defense over the last few years. Um, I don't know if I trust Philip Rivers anymore as much as I used to. Um, this last that last year in Los Angeles um, for the Chargers, ton of interceptions. Got to got to take take care of the ball a little bit better than that. Um, so I, I think I'm going with the Vikings on this one as well. Okay. Um, 
So the underdog, taking the underdog there. Um, next, we have the Bills, who are the four and a half point favorite in Miami against the Dolphins. Ooh, now this is going to be a good one. Uh, two teams that like to play rugged football. Uh, the Bills are, are the more established team. And as a matter of fact, I'm picking Buffalo to win the AFC East this year. Uh, I think Sean, it's Sean McDermott's time uh, to win the AFC East. Buffalo going down to Miami. Hot, sweaty Miami for this game. Wow. Uh, I like the Bills. I like the Bills on the road in this game. I, I agree. I like the Bills, too. I bring in Stefan Diggs. Adds another dimension to their offense, and uh, their running game is is it is what it is. They they had a great running game last year. It's going to carry over to this year too, and their defense is is amazing. So I'm I'm also going to go with the Bills uh, on this one. Um, we have the Niners coming off of that opening loss in in San Francisco uh, to the Cardinals. Um, so they we're going to have the Niners play in New York against the Jets. They are the seven point favorite as a road dog or as a road favorite. Niners on the road at the Jets. The Niners got embarrassed at home. You knew it was going to be a good game, but I didn't think Arizona was going to win that game in, in Santa Clara. So now the Niners, Niners have to go cross country. You know, they all, you always hear about, you know, the difficulty of traveling west to east to play a game. But I think the Niners have just too much on both sides of the football. The Jets, the Jets are going to give them a battle, but I'm not picking against the Niners on the road. Yeah, I agree. The Niners defense uh, is stacked uh, starting at the defensive line. Their running game is it is amazing as it was last year. Don't know how much I trust Jimmy Garoppolo, but I, agree. I, I trust him enough to take them past the Jets, even given the Jets' only real home field advantage being that they have to tra- the Niners have to travel across the country. Yep. Um, so I, I, I'm also taking the, the Niners, and the Niners are the seven-point favorite, so we're going to take the favorite on that one. Okay. Um, next, we have the Broncos at the Steelers. This is going to be a hard game to pick because we haven't seen either of these teams play yet. But the Steelers are the current six-and-a-half-point favorite, um, which I find a little bit shocking given that we don't really know uh, how either of these teams look yet. Yeah. Um, personally, I think that the Broncos... Uh, offense has been rejuvenated uh, with Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy. Um, so, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen here? As long as Ben Roethlisberger is under center, uh, I don't bet against Pittsburgh at home. Um, he's older. He's been beat up a little bit more. But something about that Pittsburgh offense is still a much better offense when he's under center. We saw the struggles they had last year once he went down with that season-ending injury. So. Um, they play rugged defense. Pittsburgh's going to play rugged defense. I'm going to take the Steelers at home. Okay, I, this is a this is a tough one for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a risk here and go with the Broncos because I, I and I haven't Ooh. seen them yet. I really like Drew Locke. Brother I, he, Dan he, stepping he, out. Yes, he showed showed us some stuff last year. Um, the the receiving core, obviously, as I mentioned, is uh, much improved with Jerry Judy. Um, and I trust I trust them. Their defensive line, uh, they still have Bradley Chubb, even though they're missing uh, Von Miller. So I, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Broncos here. Okay. Uh, next, we have the Panthers at the Bucks. The Bucks are the seven and a half point favorite. Uh, so, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen here? Tom Brady's loaded with weapons. Uh, a couple of mistakes uh, cost him from really being in that game down in New Orleans. Uh, you know, they're going home now. Tampa Bay is. They're going to iron out some of the problems. Bruce Arians is going to get that team on track. Tom Brady is going to get that team on track. They have just too many weapons at home. I like the Bucks at home this time. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think Tom lets them lose two two in a row here. Uh, especially with this being another division game, um, the Panthers losing losing to Vegas yesterday kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, so I, I don't think uh, I trust 
Uh, I trust Teddy Bridgewater to, to go on the road and pull out a victory against Tom Brady. I'm a big fan of Matt Rule. You know, Matt Rule was here in Philadelphia uh, at Temple. Uh, big fan, great coach. But he's going to go through some growing pains as a, a head coach in the National Football League. Uh, this particular game is not his time yet. All right. So we, we both have the Bucks on that one. They are the 7.5-point favorite. Next, we have the Washington football team at the Cardinals in Arizona. The Cardinals coming off their big win against the Niners and the Eagles, or the, sorry, the Washington football team coming off their big win against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cardinals currently the, the seven-point favorite in Arizona. Seven points. You know what? I never thought I was saying this, but uh, right now that Washington football team has one of the best defensive fronts in all of football. I mean, they have like four first-round draft picks on that defensive front. Uh, but they're going out west to face the guy who I consider the roadrunner, Kyler Murray. You saw what he did to that 49ers defense? And Washington's defense is good, but it's not the 49ers defense. And if Kyler Murray did that to them up in Washington's, uh, up in, in the 49ers domain, he's going in his own backyard now. Uh, I'm going to take the seven. Arizona and seven at home. Yeah, I'm also taking Arizona. I love the addition of D-Hop. Yes. Um, he, he had 14 catches yesterday and killed me in fantasy. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely a big uh, – I'm, I'm rooting for the, for the Cardinals this year. I think, uh, I think Kyler Murray's going to do some things. Um, and – I personally think the the Redskins' defensive scheme is kind of like a dumbed-down version of the Niners' scheme. Yeah. So if they can pull it off against the, the 49ers, then I think they can pull it off against the Redskins. No, excuse me, I almost said it, the, yeah. the Washington football team. Yeah, bite your tongue. Don't say that. Yeah. Every time I think of <laughs> Kyler Murray, when I watch him on the field, I, all I think of is, meep, meep. Yeah. That's all I think about. The dude's roadrunner, man. You can't catch this young man. Yep. And he's only going to get better. All right. And so we got the Cardinals there uh, at, at a seven-point favorite uh next we have the chiefs at the chargers in los angeles this is going to be uh the chargers home opener in the new sofi stadium uh the chiefs obviously are the chiefs and patrick mahomes best quarterback in the nfl um they are the seven and a half point favorite on the road in los angeles the point spread is too low patrick mahomes and that offense uh, they're, they're in sync already. You know, I knew a lot of teams would come out of the gate struggling uh, with new coaching, new direction. But we saw what these, this Chiefs offense looked like on a Thursday night. This team's ready to roll right now. Um, Chiefs, seven points, seven and a half, seven points. Yeah, seven Chiefs points. in a row seven playing the Chargers. Chargers are going to be a decent team. But Tyrod Taylor, quarterback in that team, that man's stealing money. Tyrod's going to hold him back in, instead of moving him ahead. Chargers are going to be maybe an 8-8 eight eight team. Kansas City is a Super Bowl contender. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. I, I find it almost impossible to keep the Chiefs under 40 points and, uh, with, with Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Um, even if you're a good team, uh, I don't necessarily think of the Chargers as too much of a good team. Right. So, so I'm going to take the Chiefs by, if this could have been 15 points, 20 points, I would have taken them. Um, Are you playing with that Monopoly money? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Mahomes. I'm going with the like five, six targets he has that are just ridiculous. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs on this one as a as a favorite on the road. Um, I'm going. Uh, next, we have the Ravens at the Texans. Uh, Ravens Ooh. coming off of the blowout victory uh, in uh, against Cleveland, and the Texans coming off the loss in uh, Kansas City. Yep. The Ravens are the favorite by seven points in Houston. How do you feel seven about that? Seven points. I, yep. Ooh, right, let's see. Lamar Jackson and that offense going up against Deshaun Watson and that offense. Man, you talk about two gazelles playing quarterback right now in the National Football League. 
But that was a little tricky. That's the trickiest game of the day for me. I, I'm, a, I'm a favorite of dog in this one at home. The underdog in this one at home. Really? So you're taking you're taking the Texans to the pull the pull this one out? Yeah, I don't, see, I, I don't see that being a. Woo, that's a tough one. Seven points. Woo, that's tough. Too yeah, tough. I, I don't know if I can go with you on that one. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson's gonna be too much. He has too many weapons. Um, the the Texans. Uh, traded away DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins yep. and he was missed last Thursday. So uh, I think I think Deshaun Watson, he's he's a great quarterback in my opinion, but uh, the combination of not having a lot of time and not having a lot of targets, I think is going to end up costing him at the end. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens um, on the road. Uh, then we got the Sunday night game. We got the Patriots at the Seahawks. It's a rematch of the Super Bowl. Uh, the Seahawks are coming off of going on the road to Atlanta and winning, and the Patriots with Cam Newton uh, beating Miami. In week one, the Seahawks are currently the four-point favorite uh, in Seattle. Russell Wilson and Cam Newton. That's like watching a WWE match. Um, it's going to be a physical game. Um, Cam did okay in the Patriots system. You can tell he had to change it for his 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 you know, mechanics. Uh, Belichick did, but bottom line is they won their season opener. Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson, and Seattle's difficult to beat at home. I'll take the Seahawks in that game. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go with the Seahawks as well. Wilson uh, came out with a statement yesterday. Uh, I feel like um, this this might be the year for Russell Wilson, uh, MVP wise. Uh, yeah, I have a hard time picking against the Seahawks at home. Yep. And you also have the whole uh, flying to the West Coast uh, with the, for the Patriots. Um, I like what Cam Newton's been doing. I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, but I think the Seahawks pull this one out at the end. Okay. And lastly, we have the Monday night game, which is going to be the New Orleans Saints. At Las Vegas uh, for the against the Raiders for the Raiders home opener the first game in Las Vegas, the Saints are currently a five and a half point favorite on the road. How do you feel? I'm not. I don't trust Derek Carr. You know Derek Carr is like day and night. You know it's hot and cold. It's like the weather. You know it's sunny one day, cloudy the next. Um, Drew Brees and that offense is what it is. I think, and I've said it before. I think New Orleans is the most stacked team on both sides of the football in the in the NFC. It doesn't make a difference where they play. They play very well. Uh, they play well at home in a season opener. But definitely, I'm going to take Drew Brees and, and that Saints team on the road in Vegas. I agree. I'm also going to take the Saints. Uh, I think the pickup of Emmanuel Sanders replacing Ted Ginn. Uh, it was a big it was a big pickup for them. Um, the defense was all over the field yesterday, picking off Tom Brady twice, taking one back to uh, to, the, to the end zone. So I'm also going with the Saints, uh, even though it's it's the Raiders' uh, opening game in Las Vegas. I don't think it's going to be a good one. All right, so there you have it, the first installment of Jumping the Gun uh, with Brother Dan, who, by the way, is in the Witness Protection Program. Uh, we'll figure out where he is next week. But I want to thank Brother Dan. Uh, you can follow him. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, correct? Yes. All right, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and, you know, I can't thank you enough for being here. We're going to see just how much football you know as we continue to move along each and every week. So for Brother Dan, uh, for Lane Johnson also hopping on with us on this edition of Gun on One, I'm Derek Gunn. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, keep subscribing and downloading and streaming and whatever you do. Uh, all of you out there, stay blessed. And more importantly, always remember, be a blessing to somebody else. We'll talk to you guys next time. One is a production of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Alvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. 
Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.